Um, so last night, I think I completed the, well, almost, I would have almost completed if it wasn't for a canceled concert earlier this week, but I completed the five pillars of hipster dad rock, I think this week in concerts that I've seen. Okay. What are the five pillars of hipster dad rock? Okay. So the five pillars are, uh, like mid two thousands prog esque rock that you think that like you, you listened to like rush when you were 10 or something and thought was the coolest thing ever. So yeah. you now listen to better artists who do more, not this to rush i guess but who do something kind of it's like very like well done but like pitchfork hates it but you like it's like your favorite band that you're like mad that pitchfork hates which okay. was when i saw the mars volta on monday um and then on wednesday um i went to the uh sad fast-paced rock songs that like you listen to when you were like 25 even though i'm 25 almost now uh <laughs> back in 2010 uh, which was gaslight anthem um and then thursday i went to um pavement which was like you know mid 90s like yeah. sat slow indie rock or whatever um and then i was supposed to go see the avalanches on friday but they canceled but they were like kind of hipster edm in like early 2000s which i'd consider like hipster dad rock sure. um and then saturday i saw um yesterday i went to a, a late show and saw stereo lab at 9 30 club and they are like french uh indie elevator music i'd say um so <laughs> here my five pillars uh, man i was really expecting when you were like oh i hit like the you know the pillars of dad rock i was really expecting you to be like yeah i went to like two wilco concerts <laughs> <laughs> no i meant like the genre pillars the actual yeah, yeah, yeah. no I, I now that you've explained it i get what you were doing but i was just like oh man did you like uh what yankee hotel foxtrot or whatever that fucking album's called love that shit <laughs> yeah i saw them play five nights of yankee hotel foxtrot yeah <laughs> they, they actually performed uh in chicago at uh, uh marina city which is the buildings on that album wow they actually should do that have they done that i'm sure they have i don't think there's a wait no house of blues is like in the basement of that building i'm sure they've played at house of blues. oh they've definitely played house of blues on. i'm sure everything they're like hey building look familiar yeah though honestly they might be a big enough act now that they have to play at a big bit i don't think house of blues has that many seats even um, like foo fighters plays black cat every like 10 years or something yeah i mean that's like foo fighters well because foo fighters got their start because of like the 930 club and stuff right they were like huge in like the dc scene because that's where what's his face he's from arlington yeah arlington? Okay. I, I couldn't remember if he was from the city proper or from dc the way dave Chappelle says he's from dc and i'm like you're from maryland dog god i hate when people say they're from dc but they're from like a suburb of dc it's the worst i mean i'm from dc as we all know but i think we're allowed to say that we grew up in the dc area and then we like i always tell people i'm like oh you know i'm from i'm from virginia but i lived in dc through most of my 20s or i say i lived in the beltway through most of my 20s uh because there was that period of time where i was living in arlington yes which i guess counts yeah and i moved here when i was 27 but that was a pandemic so i didn't really live in chicago until i was 29 that's kind of i just have two lost years where i was inside oh the lost years the lost generation yeah which really was when we should have started this podcast imagine <laughs> when we had nothing but 
up time and we were stuck inside and talking to each other a couple times a week over uh like you know video anyway uh we just were dumb and not recording those conversations missed opportunity um yeah what what would, what would you like put as some of your favorite like dad rock type i mean i'm a huge mountain goats fan uh, which we talk yeah. about all the time on this podcast but they are very much so dad rock at this point like it's yeah. i went to a show this year i think i probably talked about the show on the podcast this people, year or yeah nice <laughs> um and it was crazy being like oh i'm like kind of one of the younger people here and i'm 29 years old you know <laughs> like which isn't old but also like not like normally there's younger people at shows i go to you know that's partly what like uh like spawned my like oh i went to all the dad rock shows this week was because every single show i went to this week because i had all these shows booked for like months in advance that i want to see all these people because they don't really tour that often and like every show i saw this week i was basically the youngest person at each of them probably yeah all music that came out like before i was like 15 probably it's, it's weird going to shows in your late 20s because i feel like every show i go to now i'm either like noticeably the oldest or noticeably the youngest it's just like maybe i just don't like music that whatever like i don't i don't i don't know what people are doing do i feel like it's this shit where it's just like oh you just go to stuff you liked when you were young or you go to something that you kind of got into recently like, i feel the exact same way and i don't know why but like because i've noticed there's some shows i go to like i saw beach house a couple months ago and they blew up on tiktok so everyone who was there was there because of the one song from tiktok and i was probably the not i probably was not the oldest person there but everyone who was around me was very clearly like 22 i guess it's probably just confirmation bias like if everyone was around your age you wouldn't notice you wouldn't be like oh what hello fellow colleagues you know like you only notice when it's off and so you know yeah uh, i will say pitchfork was probably uh that's some good dad rock or at least the national um the roots are also dad rock well the roots are totally dad rock a very different dad than the national dad rock but still yeah. dad rock all the same very different dad like the kind of dad who's like hip-hop was good like 20 years ago kind of dad it's it's weird to think of a dad who's like hip-hop was better 20 years ago but also i love jimmy fallon like i know <laughs> like intellectually i know that that guy exists and i know that there's probably like thousands of them but like i can't picture what they look like you know <laughs> it's it's the guy who's always happy whenever jimmy fallon brains on justin timberlake to do their dumb like um, yeah. rap thing he's always like yes they're gonna do rap music i know can't the, wait <laughs> the guy the guy who's like like you kid the thing the, the thing you kids need to understand that if it wasn't for the humpty dance your mother and i would have never met <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like most like roots fans kind of just ignore jimmy fallon and just kind of are like yeah it's them just like getting money who cares yeah nothing like i kind of like like, like as far as like like uh, cool like sort of experimental music groups that partner with uh white kind of clean nosed comedians reggie watt got the better end of that deal um there's a yeah like i feel like it is kind of interesting how a lot of the people now have like bands that are actual bands or like band leaders who are like actual like i guess kevin hubanks was respected musician in the jazz scene or whatever but who is that night show uh with jay leno guy oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um i guess what's his name i say paul schrader what is his name not the yeah well paul's like his own that was like the best um like comedian and sidekick uh partnership i think like paper paul, paul, paul i would love they should have had one episode of paul schrader the like director uh yeah. and writer, taxi driver we're on 
uh, as a band leader for David Letterman. That would be fun. I would be like, oh man, he rules. Do you follow that Twitter account that just posts his Facebook statuses? Yeah, I'm not sure if I follow it if I just keep getting recommended tweets from it, but I see them all the time. They are all very funny. <laughs> they are great. I do like them. I wasn't, like, I can never tell. At first I wasn't sure if it was real or not, but it is very yeah. I I like, I like, like, old dudes who are, like, well-meaning, but still kind of, you know, stuck in their own time. Because he'll say something that's, like, kind of problematic, but then ultimately, like, the conclusion will be like, well, he's he's in the right area, you know? Like, he, he basically gets it. And it's yeah. just, oh, that's gonna be me in 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but yeah, no, Paul, Paul Schaefer should direct Taxi Driver 2, and Paul Schrader should be David Letterman's musical band leader. I agree. Um, How do you think a Paul Schaefer Taxi Driver 2 would look? <laughs> I feel like it'd be a bunch of um like did he have like a famous catchphrase or something on late show no i mean it would just be like anytime someone made like a joke in the movie they would play like a little riff you know <laughs> like anytime like when when letterman made like a bad joke it'd be like a little jazzy like it was yeah. you know it was it was during the time where uh laugh tracks were on sitcoms and there would be a seinfeld space slap after every joke you know you needed it amuse you so people knew when to laugh yeah you needed that back then man did you ever watch uh craig ferguson yeah yeah he he was, he was the best one from like when i was growing up i loved like the just like the low budgetness of it and just he was doing like a like a parody of a late night show and now everyone is sort of doing something like oh we gotta like make it our own and do our own thing but i really feel like he was like the first to be like this format kind of sucks so i'm going to break it by just being kind of hacky the whole time and it ended up being really really funny yeah that was, that was good um yeah i always like for some reason i always associate him only with like whenever i think of craig ferguson the first thing that comes to mind is how you train your dragon for some reason for me <laughs> i watched him on late or late late show with craig ferguson or whatever it was called but i always think of him how to train your dragon because i feel like there was like an episode of craig ferguson where he's someone's on to promote how to train your dragon and he's talking about how he's in it also or vice versa maybe he's on some other talk show talking about it yeah but, well i think he had i think he had um jared butler on or who's the main guy was that actor name hey virtual yeah I, I i love him as an actor like he's been in a lot of stuff i really like just cannot ever remember his name for, he's just a that guy to me even though he is more famous than a that guy don't know Man, why if only someone wrote a movie about how jay burrow was constantly in the shadow of all of his comedy friends and was kind of the person people always forgot about <laughs> Is that this is the end? Yeah. Yeah. Um, fuck, I had another thing to say about Late Night, but I don't Who cares? Seth Meyers is the only one I like now. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that fucking... Because uh, uh, he had he had Portlandia dude as his band leader for a while, and I'm glad that is no longer the case. That, is it actually no longer the case, or is it just that Fred Armisen just never is on? I guess they never, like, officially, like... He never, like, officially quit, but he would just, like, disappear for months at a time, and he hasn't been on in, like, years now. Point, I don't think. I'm almost positive he's on constantly. Really? I feel yeah. like I, I feel like I watch it a fair amount and I don't ever see him there. I feel like you just miss him then. Because like he... <laughs> <laughs> it's he's like cool. Studio 8H band. It's never like Fred Armisen and the Studio 8H band. He's there like, I don't know. I just I haven't seen him. I guess I don't watch like full episodes. I'll just like like you know catch like the monologue and then an interview I want to see. So maybe I just miss him, but you definitely just miss him then this is like kind of the equivalent of someone saying man i'm so glad joan rivers stopped guest hosting the tonight show with johnny carson because they would watch every episode except for the 90 episodes that she guest hosted of this. <laughs> hmm. 
Mm. Carson still holds up. If you ever watch old Carson, he's very funny. Uh, have you seen uh, Johnny Carson posts on Facebook, Twitter? No. There is none because he's dead. <laughs> You don't get to bring friends. They're not my friends. here to watch friends the podcast about the character the cast of friends but not the show friends with two friends uh brandon and daniel i'm brandon i'm daniel and this week we're not covering the cast of friends we're doing one of our mini uh like what do we call them like spinoff series what are what are we like yeah one of our joeys what um, yeah yeah we're doing <laughs> one of our joeys we're, we're we're this is our backdoor pilot into uh, another series so in the past we've done get acquainted which is where instead of relating to a direct cast member of Friends, we pick like a side character, or a guest star, and talk about one of their movies. Um, we do counter programming, which is when we talk about a TV show that ran the same time that Friends did. Uh, and this week we're doing, we're not here, we are here to talk about Friends, parentheses, but still not the TV show. And <laughs> by that, we mean we're covering the Ryan Reynolds movie, Just Friends, which yes. came out in 2005. Uh, and actually, this is almost kind of a crossover between um, Get Acquainted and we're not here to talk about Friends parentheses. Or we are here to talk about Friends parentheses, except for not the show Friends. Because we, we didn't priorly discuss what we were going to call this spinoff. Um, so if you want a different name, that's fine. I thought of that while I was speaking. <laughs> no, I think that's fine. I like it. Um, but because Anna Ferris, um, or is it Anna Ferris? I think it's Anna. Anna? No, Anna Ferris. I'm going to say Anna Ferris. I feel like if it's Anna, it should be Faris. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing here, people? Um, so, Anna Ferris was is also in this movie, and she famously was a recurring guest star on Friends. Also, actually, yes, uh, she was, she was uh, someone's surrogate, right? Yeah, she was. Um, uh, uh, I forgot their character names for some reason. She was uh, Monica and Chandler's surrogate in the final season. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iris. They have um, twins. We're having twins. It's my uh, really good Chandler. <laughs> oh, I feel like he was in the room. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so she's she's in this movie also. Um, do we want to go through the plot of the movie real quick? Uh, yeah. Um, okay, it's a really bad plot. Yeah. So Ryan Reynolds and what's the name of the Amy Smart? What? Amy Smart. Amy Smart. Yes. Amy Smart and Ryan Reynolds are high school best friends, and their Ryan Reynolds is like kind of a loser, uh, and fat, which is only relevant because they put him in a really awful 2005 fat suit that just looks horrible. Um, so and he. He is like in love with her uh, and he on graduation night, he's going to tell her how he really feels and they're going to be together forever. But someone steals his yearbook or steals her yearbook where he wrote like his confession in and they read it out to the party. And uh, that moment turns Ryan Reynolds into a cynical uh, man who loses a bunch of weight and moves to Hollywood and does something in the music industry. But I'm not totally sure what his job is. I believe he's a record producer of some sort. I don't know exactly they clearly dropped the plot halfway through of him having a job to do while yeah. he's on 
trip. Yeah, it but, just sort of turns into a Hallmark movie like halfway through, uh, but like ruder. Uh, and so Anna, 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 Anna Faris. Uh, <laughs> Uh, she's like a pop musician that they are trying to sign and he and her have dating history. So it's his job to like get her on the record deal. Events occur where they end up in his hometown again and then he spends like Christmas trying to get back with Amy Smart uh, with the help of like his brother and who's like 10 years younger than him, I think. Uh, And uh, his like old high school friends who are now both dentists. I actually kind of, okay, so obviously this movie sucks but i think that like the idea of them like having the discussions about like what to do next for like the like his his attempts to get back amy smart having them be like in a dentist's office kind of fun yeah it works it's like a it's it's also like it's it's the like the friends from high school thing is sort of the only thing that works for me because they're just incredibly normal and they're like nah you can do like being supportive but also being like man our buddy from high school has changed and he's a real dick now yeah it it was kind of nice to like see actual normal characters in this movie the only notes i took was uh the everything that i was like wow this is like specifically made to piss daniel off yes it very (laughs) much was Uh, it's like it hit all the notes of things that you've talked about on this show before of just like really things you don't like in movies as well as things that universally people don't like in movies but some specific daniel things too Uh, but yeah yeah, what what were you going to say oh do we want to run through the characters real quick yeah um, sure. just to give an idea of the movie so let's start with ryan reynolds obviously uh who is main character in this movie huge dick the whole time pretty much like pretty irredeemable doesn't even like i don't know like his high school version is like nice but then like clearly once he you know runs away which by the way i want to mention this the fact like when he runs out of that like house in the very beginning after they like spill his secret about the love to amy smart it's like did he just leave town or something how has no one like heard from him ever since then specifically I don't know, man. I would like that. Like, I guess maybe he just like hid all summer before going off to college and then never coming back. But I don't know, man, that it was like, it is sort of implied that he leaves that graduation party. It goes directly to LA and never comes back. Uh, Cause yeah. like his mom is like, Oh, we go out to LA a couple times a year, but he hasn't been back to New Jersey like since high school or whatever, which is weird. It's like, where did he, where did they, where did he go for like Thanksgiving and Christmas? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. People, I knew people in college who wouldn't go home for the holidays, but that's true, especially because he's in New Jersey, which, as East Coasters, we know New Jersey has like the fewest like public universities pretty much like in the entire East Coast. So no one ever actually goes to school in New Jersey. They always go to school in like Virginia for some reason. So. Yeah, that that is true. Yeah, unless you're going to Rutgers, like there's no school in New Jersey for you to go to. So you have to go out of state. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but okay, so I mentioned Christmas a little too early but I want to talk about side note how this movie is actually the best Christmas movie that's ever come out <laughs> this is the new Die Hard for me <laughs> whenever someone's like Die Hard's the best Christmas movie I'm like um actually have you heard of a little movie called Just Friends uh yeah actually Iron Man 3 is the best Christmas movie. Actually, Iron Man 3 actually is I think it's fine yeah uh any Shane Black movie is a better Christmas movie than Die Hard or a real Christmas movie. not the Predator though <laughs> that, is that what, that's probably one of his only he did do the I I thought he did Predators. Is it? No, I thought, wait, I think he did both. He was in one. No, no, Robert 
Rodriguez did the pre- did Predators, I think. Shane Black. Oh, okay, he did do because he's an actor in one. He's in the first one. Oh, oh, he's in the first one. Okay, no, yeah, he did the Predators uh, or the Predator. I'm, I, yeah. yeah, that one's bad, but also not doesn't take place during Christmas. All of his other movies take place during Christmas. No, no, I'm sure Jacob Tremblay at one point is like, is that Santa Claus when one of the Predators comes out and tries to kill him? <laughs> I've never seen Predator. I just know it's Wait, you've never seen the original Predator movie? No, no, I've never seen this one, the Shane Black. Oh, no one has. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so back to Ryan Reynolds. So, yeah, I mean, like, he basically spends the entire movie trying to, like, manipulate Amy Smart into liking him. He's like, okay, I'm gonna, my first tactic is to try and pretend to be a huge Hollywood asshole so she'll like me because she loves assholes. Because she dated one guy in high school who was, like, the football team, like, quarterback or whatever. Um, and that doesn't work. So then he just basically keeps trying these weird manipulations to get her to like him the whole movie. This was sort of, like, a, I don't want to use golden era, but this was, like, the, like, peak time of, like, when pickup artists were a thing, I feel like. Uh, yeah. You know, like, this was like like 2005 would have been one year before How I Met Your Mother started but that was like you know like Barney Stenson became a real uh, you know like idol to a specific kind of guy during this time where it's just like it's all about the game man and you gotta make moves and tell these particular lies and you know it's all about scoring which I feel like we have moved away from uh, where at the very least sleazy womanizer guys are just honest about like like, I'm just trying to have sex with you, you know, like, or at least in media, um, they've had to like update them where they aren't like doing like gambits and shenanigans to get laid, which is probably good. Yeah, um, I would say that pickup artistry uh, like ended around 2007 when they released a VH1 show called The Pickup Artist. Yeah, wait, wait, uh, I hope they serve beer. Okay, so yeah, from I hope they serve beer in hell uh, came out in uh, 2009, which was the movie based off the like book about Tucker Max, um, which was like a book about being a pickup. Like he was like a story. It was a book about all of his like sex capades and drunken exploits. Um, and so I feel like that like 2000, like early 2000s, that movie bombed. And so it's like, okay, that was like the peak. Like, like, yeah, like we're putting on suits and we're going out and we're getting laid boys. And like, that was, that was that real decade of that. Yeah. Um. also I didn't realize because I've heard that book. I, don't, I actually never knew it was like about pickup artistry because I've never seen the movie because no one has but it's not like about being a pickup artist it's like if barney's blog was made into a book like tucker max is like sort of a sleazy guy i read it uh when i was a kid i i thought he was super cool and i was like <laughs> man i cannot wait till i'm old enough to go to bars and you know what this the stories he wrote about just like getting drunk with his friends and doing dumb shit i'm like those are still pretty funny the like sex stories are all a little like Ugh. like not he sure. doesn't do anything bad like he really like uh he really like like emphasizes that all these women are consenting <laughs> but it also kind of feels a little I, it's been a very long time since i've read it so this is like i don't want to like be doing libel here but my memory of it is a little bit like all right man like you're gross <laughs> yeah just, gross. Like, i feel like you're going out of your way to be like she knew what she signed up for it's just like all right dude <laughs> you, um, you don't have to say that if it's normal i do love how the sequel to that book was called ash it was called assholes finish first which is yeah i never read that one he wrote three books i think if not the second book has the picture the picture on the front like the cover is like him like like a mug shot and he's like pointing to like the uh like what's on the mug shot which is like his name or whatever and it's like dude that's so epic it's like a mug shot where he's smiling Uh, oh but yeah that's fun so yeah ryan reynolds basically is like this person come to life uh 
Although this, I guess, movie came out before the book came out, so. Yeah, well, and, like, that's what I'm saying is, like, this archetype of, like, guy, this was this was their decade when they existed. From, like, like I don't know, the Bush re-election through, like, the Obama's second term. Yeah. <laughs> 2000, 2004 to, like, 2012-ish is what I'm saying, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, Basically, I'm not having a Because, like, Ryan Reynolds shares a origin story with, like, like Schmidt from New Girl, but Schmidt is not like a gross womanizer in the same way. You know, he's just like like he he does okay, but everyone knows he's a douchebag. Where like Ryan Reynolds in this movie, you're supposed to like kind of like him. Are you though? Because I feel like no one does. I don't. I don't know. It was hard. I I, I it's hard for me to decide because they also don't show any evidence of him actually being a womanizer. Like in but he's he, the very beginning. Well, no, because he's going through a breakup in that scene, and then he <laughs> turns he hooks up. Then he immediately like flirts with someone else. Yeah, I guess it. it that scene doesn't for me. It's just like, doesn't work at all, clearly. <laughs> but like the point of the scene of them. <laughs> yeah, none of the scenes work. But like that scene was so dumb because it was supposed to be like, oh, he doesn't care about any women he's with, so he's fine that she's breaking up with him because he barely remembers her name or whatever. Then he yeah. goes and hooks up with someone who is at the table or whatever right next to him. And okay, so this is where I got lost. The guy who he's talking to in the opening scenes, like his friend, like uh, in L.A., that's different than the guy who's his friend in. New Jersey. Right. Are you talking okay, about Steven Root? What? Are you talking about Steven Root, his Steven boss? Root's not his friend. I'm talking about the guy who he played hockey with. Oh, oh, yeah. That's just like a guy who's there and then doesn't exist for the rest of the movie. Okay, because when I saw that guy, I thought they'd imply that his like friend from New Jersey followed him out to LA and was like hanging out with him. But it's not clearly because like that then that was negated 20 minutes later when he goes back to New Jersey. But for like that 20 minutes, I for sure thought it was him. <laughs> it looks insane. Like they look like the exact same. That's like another like super common thing in like movies and TV that I don't think is like super reflective of real life is just like having your best friend from like middle through high school follow you to your super successful career you know it's just like like you know it'd be one thing if like uh your friend and you moved to a new city and you both had like middling careers but in TVs and stuff it's always like yeah one of them is super successful and the other one's just along for the ride and it's like I don't think that that happens that often as it does in tv and stuff so like i don't think people like ryan reynolds in this movie though yeah i mean he's, he's supposed to be like the the problem is is they don't do anything ever to like you're supposed to like you know like like he's supposed to like what is it save the cat or whatever like there's supposed to be like one scene where he does something where you're like oh he's a good guy uh and they never do that because like in the opening when he's like in the fat suit and shit you're just like wow what a pathetic loser and then through the rest of it you're like oh he's still a pathetic loser but in a different way so you're not really rooting for him and so i kind of thought that this movie was leading to it not working out um which i thought would be like a good ending it's like oh this kind of makes the movie better but obviously they weren't going to do that in this kind of no you put too much faith in script writers in 2005 (laughs) uh yeah that was not gonna happen yeah because they basically like uh because he basically tries so many things to win over amy smart they don't work every single time he tries and fails it worsens their relationship and then at the end he just comes to her door and says hey uh so like i actually do want to go on a date with you can we just do this and she's like sure and that's it yeah i guess that's a good time as any to now just talk about amy's 
Smart, um, yeah. who sort of just exists in this movie. She every there was this weird archetype around this time. I think maybe it, it honestly probably existed until like 2019. But of like the love interest woman just kind of being aloof at like multiple guys competing for her, and also kind of not like having any actual real characteristics. Yeah, like, she fits that very much to a T. Like where she doesn't really have much going on. We don't know her deal. I was hoping when they showed her noticing Ryan Reynolds at the bar that the movie would then like switch to her perspective a lot more like when she first knows him like she notices him when he comes back to the hometown at first and then ducks under the bar and then comes back out i was hoping at that point the movie would switch to her perspective and i'd be like oh didn't expect this i'm curious where they're gonna go with this but no it did not we see her get like her own scene like one more time throughout the rest of the movie yeah it's it's sort of crazy just how uh how much like she was just like around during like the early aughts but i'm looking through and i'm just like man she was not in like she was in crank and she was in rat race and she's in this movie and just like varsity blues and she was just like just really hanging around the 2000s in movies that all ended up being like shown in the middle of the day on basic cable with commercial interruption <laughs> pretty much but like she's like in all of them yeah she-, yeah, she, I, I, she was in starship troopers she was in fucking road trip like oh my god she was in mirrors did you ever see mirrors i mirrors is in my top 100 movies that i think i've seen but i cannot confirm i'm yeah pretty- it's a real it's a real i think i've seen but i can't confirm movie because you like <laughs> you know what's gonna happen in here it's like it's like ooh, there's weird portals through the mirrors that spooky stuff happens i bet there's one of those scenes where he puts the like splashes water on his face and then looks up and there's something creepy in the mirror behind him and then he turns around and it's not there that happens and i bet the ending is he's stuck in the mirror that happens it's just like yeah, yeah. it's every horror movie with mirrors in it all of those gags how many horror movies are there with mirrors in them <laughs> well no not, not like very few horror movies are about mirrors but every horror movie loves to use a mirror to do something spooky you know where like, you look in the mirror and there's something spooky there and then you look behind you and it's not there which That's- this movie does that scene where he flips out like where the brother at one point opens up the mirror or whatever and then closes it and Anna Ferris is behind him yeah 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 see it's a classic everyone loves that yeah there's a really good Paula Tompkins bit about uh, like the mirrors in horror movies which the essentially the bit is that his bathroom's too small where it could never happen to him (laughs) (laughs) he's like someone would have to be like oh excuse me I need to get behind you (laughs) I love TOT okay so yeah Amy Smart kind of just non-entity in this movie unfortunately like that's kind of she has her typecast as like that kind of vibe and things I feel like she definitely deserved more than that she like she isn't the actress in the movie the girl next door but she could like she could she is that she that's just like who she plays is like just like i'm you know i'm Susie every woman and i have little to no personality but i am here for the protagonist to sort of just bounce off you know pretty much yeah i mean her best her like one of her like most like not interesting roles but at least the helicopter pilot in rat race is like like a real person almost you know like she like has a job which is more than like any other character like i feel like she always plays someone who like this movie wants to become a teacher but isn't actually one yet (laughs) it is kind of weird which is a true like um rom-com 
uh, female character thing to like love. That's like the most love interest thing ever is like you either are a teacher like in 900 Adam Sandler movies or you are doing something else because you're going to become a teacher. Uh, it's like a shortcut yeah. to being like, oh, you have an honorable job. It's like how all, uh, you know, uh, male rom-com guys are like architects. Well, it's also a shortcut to having kids come in and like fuck everything up for the main character. That's true. Yeah. Everyone but loves being with some kids. Exactly. And like, I feel like this movie, because the scene where we find out she's a teacher comes out of basically nowhere. Because <laughs> the first like, half hour, we think she's just like the bartender at the bar or something. And then all of a sudden, she like, they're at like, they're ice skating together and she runs into like three of the kids from her like class that she substitute teaches for, which I guess she's a substitute teacher there constantly, apparently. Uh, and they then they get into like a whole like hockey match and that's where shenanigans ensue for yeah. our character. It's weird that a big premise of this uh, movie hinges on that hockey is popular enough and it gets cold enough in New Jersey uh, that you can do pond hockey, which I do not think it gets cold enough where you can make hockey rinks on a pond in New Jersey. <laughs> they should have just made this movie take place in like Minnesota or something. Like, I don't know. What a weird location pick. Yeah, because they film this in Canada, right? Like they film this in like Saskatchewan or something for some reason. I would imagine so. Like it I would. Um, yeah, and it's like, also it's funny to be like, he's from small town New Jersey, which is like, I don't know. He's from the East Coast. He was driving distance to like every major city except LA and Chicago. Like what do you, yeah. like, you know, like there's this, the idea of like small town, like, oh, I'm just from a small town in New Jersey. Like, I don't think that that really exists. It's like, well, I mean, you can drive to a train that will take you to New York City. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? You're not like on your own there. Yeah. Se. Like you, you live in the, like in the Rangers, uh, like TV market, you know, like pretty much like you're not, you're not going to miss any Rangers games on your TV. Yeah. I mean, you're probably a Devils fan, but <laughs> you still watch all the Rangers. Like, you know, like you live in the new, like you're in the New York market. You're not like a tiny town. No. Yeah. They, they, I mean, every other movie nowadays kind of has like the respect to go for like a, like Midwest unnamed town in like Indiana or something at least, which I guess is close to Chicago, but it's not the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Amy Smart kind of just exists. She's fine. Um, and uh, Anna Ferris is, I guess, the next main character, which I kind of, so I didn't know what this plot of this movie was when I first, because I've never seen this movie before now, actually. And I kind of expected, honestly, to have like a, oh, he has like a love interest in like LA or whatever that maybe he, that like, but I did not expect him to actively hate her the entire time. Yeah. Uh, like he really hates Anna Ferris in this movie. Well, it's like sort of confusing where, so Stephen Root uh, is like his boss and he's like, oh, you got to go, uh, you and you and Anna Ferris had like a one night stand or something, but you got to go sign her. And so then like he goes to talk to her and she's just like, oh, we're back together now. And he just like goes along with it sort of because yeah. he wants to like do his job. But then like you mentioned before, they sort of abandoned that completely. And so he's just sort of an asshole to her, which is, yeah, it's bad. It's, uh, real quick, I want to mention, because uh, we had Stephen Root uh, in another movie we watched a while back, uh, Office Space, where he was like one of the workers of the Office Space. And now he's the boss. Yeah. Look how far he's come in like six or seven years. Stephen Root is truly, 
truly a uh like a he's like a real chameleon of an actor where like he milton is like this like loser nervous quiet guy and he's supposed to be like in this show like movie like a really sleazy like hollywood like music exec and you're just like damn this guy can do fucking anything oh yeah he's great in this yeah um like he's in a lot of fun things and like you know a lot of times he gets like kind of a smaller role but he usually like is really good in them yeah he's um, he, his bread and butter is uh playing a racist judge from the south like i feel like that's always the role he's in he's in that and justified um but there's definitely some other stuff that he plays that in but like the fact he could just he fucking rules it's crazy that he's in this and he's like his scene is like 20 seconds long i know um, it must have cut something with him i'm sure one other thing i want to mention about justified now that you brought it up is that um there's multiple people because any smart also had a recurring role in justified oh that's true yeah so multiple people in this movie every time they see a script with the word just in it they sign on <laughs> <laughs> maybe ryan reynolds will be in the justified reboot uh, i would love to see uh him get shot in the chest <laughs> 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 um but yeah i mean actually i thought anna Ferris was kind of fun in this movie and like a I weird one. the best part like her her plot of just being like sort of kidnapped by ryan reynolds <laughs> uh and then like dealing with like his 18 year old younger brother who's insanely horny for her but also she's not uninterested you know like there's yeah. definitely like it's, it's it's kind of fun it's silly she's she is like one of those actresses that you when you look at her career you're like man i remember hating all of these movies and then you rewatch them and you're like you know what these are pretty good house bunny pretty good pretty good i haven't seen that movie but i'm very curious if it actually holds it's, up. it is fine it's better than it was given credit for it's also an early emma stone role it's a uh, yeah. love a good emma stone role yeah there's like a reason she's it's like i don't know she plays like like uh like the dumb like hot girl that everyone dismisses and then you find out as the movie goes on that she's actually there's more underneath and she you know is like you know maybe not worth dismissing uh which was like a very popular type of movie to make during this time as well yeah pretty much um but i i mean anna ferris obviously is in scary movie movies yeah. which i think are great well at least the first two i would even say the three yeah first three's good yeah three has I, more of my, has my favorite scene i think probably which is like the eight mile parody yes yeah i that the that one i love a lot i also like uh leslie nelson leslie nelson since the president at right Nelson, yeah yeah and it's like yeah nielsen yeah and it's like if you think that's weird you should see how we pee like i don't know that i watched that at just the right age where now i think about that any like all the time where i'm just like what a great joke they pee out of their finger <laughs> uh, um but yeah i mean anna ferris is just in like she's in a few things that are fun here and there um yeah. like it's kind of just you know her vibe she's in like she she even had like a few years where she was in like legit movies too like yeah. she was in like brokeback mountain and lost in translation uh my super ex-girlfriend yeah. yeah uh i think that you could argue that she is a better actress than her uh now ex-husband chris pratt and he is getting a lot of undeserved uh roles compared to her she's definitely a better voice actor than him what voice acting is she done? um claudia the chance meatballs oh sure yeah have you have you seen the mario trailer that's why i mentioned it <laughs> So it's... whoever said that he sounds like Linda from Bob's Burgers is a hundred percent right. Have you seen someone did an animation of like the the uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> All oh. right. <laughs> 
it is so funny because it's so accurate. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like it's he really did the possibly the worst voice he could have done because it's not even like trying to be Chris Pratt per se. Like he's doing Chris Pratt and doing a voice, but it's sort of what's not what's even close to voice. To me, what's insane to me is that I was reading and the guy, the original voice of Mario is one still alive and going to be in this movie. So I'm assuming that like all of the like let's go and like it's me like all of the like catchphrases will be like in the original voice but then it's like just ha- just stack the cast around him with celebrities if you need to do like the celebrity thing but have the guy who does Mar- Mario for the video games voice Mario that's a no brainer are you is he actually going to be Mario or is it one of those things where he they just have him in the movie as other characters uh, I, I would need to find the article I read but um I think it was a screen rant article saying that uh he was going to do some sounds and voices for Mario. Does he do? I feel like he probably does other voices if he does Mario. Does he? Is he gonna do like the Goombas maybe or something? I have no idea. I feel like he's not. I feel like they're not gonna have a Mario voice if Chris Pratt's also doing the Mario voice. I feel like there will be a moment where like an extreme, like a like a classic Mario thing he says will be said in the Mario voice, and they will do like a like you know they'll like wink at it kind of you know. So what they actually should do? Um, have you played the um? Um, Super Mario Sunshine, the uh, video game from like 2002. Oh, yes, that was N64, right? Or was that? Uh, I think it. I think it maybe it was on definitely GameCube. I forget if it was like right at the jump when it was also on 64, also as well. Like it was on both, maybe. I don't know, okay. but that was the one where you like jumped into painting stuff, right? No, that was um uh that's on 64. That okay. one. That's that's um I forget what that one's called, but that's a 64 game. The one okay. you're I might have played Sunshine, but anyway. So Sunshine, like the plot is it like Mario's being framed for like doing all these dastardly acts by like someone who looks like Mario. So like they could just have like an evil Mario um played by the guy who does the original voice for this for Mario in this movie. Yeah. I wonder if like like Waluigi and like Wario are kind of you know like how how fleshed out is the cast? Are we gonna get to see like some like real B tier Mario characters? Like is that like pink thing that shoots eggs with a bow? Is she gonna be in it? Oh Birdo, she better be <laughs> and that's why I'm kind of worried about this movie because I feel like they're going to focus on like characters we don't care about as much yeah that was like the problem with like the Bob's Burgers movie where it was like they couldn't get um, they couldn't get uh, Barry um, what is who's, who plays Barry in the HBO show Barry oh oh I thought you mean Bob's Burgers I was like I don't know who Barry is oh no. uh, Bill Hader yeah they couldn't get Bill Hader to like come back and voice Mickey and then they didn't like use like any of the side characters in the movie and you're like if you're gonna do like a big movie of like a like the Simpsons movie at least like had like a little thing for like every character to do you know like where this one like barely any of the like the neighborhood kooky people show up in it and it's like yeah you gotta you gotta do like the whole town if you're gonna do a movie you know to be fair though Simpsons like the entire town is voiced by seven people that's true yeah yeah like different guest stars for every single like recurring town person yeah yeah but like even like the like like I don't know there's some like like Z tier Bob's Burgers characters that are voiced by the cast that didn't show up, and it's just like you could, you could work maybe out. maybe in the sequel, maybe they'll tease him, maybe they tease him in the end credits of Bob's Burgers, and they're like in the sequel we'll see this character who was in episode ten, season six. Yeah, but anyway, uh, in the Mario movie, I do hope they do a bunch of Super Mario Land two characters, which is just like famously they just re 
reskinned a game that already existed and that's why all those villains only like that's why Birdo only exists in that game until like they start like playing tennis together and stuff. I was about to say Birdo's in like every game I've ever played, but side scroller, you know, like actual like Mario Brothers game, she's only in one. Actually, I don't know if Birdo like I Birdo. I definitely played against her in a Mario game. I feel like she's in like one of the Mario Brothers like main ones. Yeah. I I you know I I uh well okay so I don't know the English manual for super I Birdo as male who thinks he is a girl. I, I knew that there's some gender stuff with Birdo, but I was like, am I using the wrong pronouns for this fictional character? Uh, but I think she is she, her. I think she's trans. Yeah. Um, Birdo, Birdo's awesome though. I love playing as Birdo in like all the, like, cause Birdo has like the best like catchphrase moments, basically I'd say. So if they got like the original voice actor for Birdo come in this movie, I would be down. But I don't know if they- Who who would you have if you had to pick like a celebrity? Cause what are her catchphrases? Uh, the only one I remember is like when you fight her in uh mario brothers she goes like that's as far as you go and then she starts like shooting eggs at you and you have to what? jump the eggs and pick them up and throw them back at her does she have that type of voice when she does that i mean they all just sort of talk like that you know but it's like it does sound like someone pitching their voice up. uh but this was also on the game boy black and white so <laughs> yeah true <laughs> so there was only so many sounds it could make you know <laughs> that's a good point um i'm looking up birdo catch because like i always associate birdo just having like kind of like a weird like distorted voice yeah. where she where she comes going like oh wow or whatever you know well, kind of like really the... came into herself as a character in like the like mario strikers mario tennis Mar like mario yes. kart because like they just needed to round out the cast like in the actual like like mario game she hard like i mean she's a villain less so than even bowser is of just like look it's a lizard you throw shit at him and then you get a princess back i don't really know what you're trying to get back mario too i don't know if peach is kidnapped again i'm it's, sure she is it's a yeah probably um uh but i'm looking at the quotes that birdo has and i'm like these cannot possibly be actual quotes of birdo's because <laughs> it's like a bunch of shit like, like what, what does she say watch out for birdo once i'm on top i plan to stay there um <laughs> If you insist, now listen to mom. Now listen to mama, my little shoppy poo. Be good for your new owner, agreeing to sell a shop to the player character. Uh, and then just like a bunch of random stuff that I just cannot. I have to assume it's like a. I have to assume it's one of those things where it's like not the voice actor. It's just like a little like scroll thing underneath text wise, because there's no way she actually talks. Yeah, man. I I'm I'm just, I'm just reading now the uh, Wikipedia page for it, and there's like so much uh, uh, controversy around. Birdo. Uh, she's listed as as the 20th unsexiest sexy video game character by uh, UGO Network. What does that even mean? I don't know, man. <laughs> I... I, you know what? I feel like Birdo uh, mistreated, and so now uh, I she's my if if she is not in the Mario movie, I'm gonna I'm gonna protest and riot. She's now. I, think that's a good I I do love. I think Birdo's great. Birdo and Yoshi are always my favorite characters. Yeah. They also retconned it now where she is cis, uh, which I kind of think they shouldn't have done. But you know, whatever. Oh God, no, yeah. Birdo's great. Um, okay, so back to characters who are not as good as Birdo. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have the brother who was mentioned earlier. Christopher Marquette plays him. Uh brother real life brother to uh sean marquette who was the voice actor for the main character in foster's home for imaginary friends oh hey all right <laughs> yeah. 
that's fun. Um, but yeah, no, he's very basically just a way. He's basically just a way for them to have a homophobic joke every like two minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's 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 very funny because like, all right, this movie was made in two thousand five. I'm not gonna pretend like I wasn't like, but I was also a child. Uh, yeah. But, like, I'm not. I'm not gonna pretend that I wasn't being like, ugh, that's so gay. But it is just very funny watching this movie and being like, it's weird seeing it in a movie that like seeing a twenty nine year old man talk like a middle like who people I knew in middle school you know like it's weird that everyone was talking like that like it made it makes a certain amount of sense to me that middle school boys were because that's who I was in 2005 um but the fact that like movies and like grown adults talk like that is just very jarring I know yeah because it's one of those things where I feel like I wonder if we were like 10 or 15 years older when movies like this and like the hangover and like 40 year old version came out would we be like oh man that's totally how like we I guess it probably would be how people would talk yeah I mean we have the benefit of like you know every all the like sort of morally questionable stances we took during this time were the stances of children so no one gives a shit um but like it is weird you know seeing adults where and like you know society changes and uh I don't think anyone's gonna like cancel Ryan Reynolds for this movie because it was 2005 and you just called stuff gay back then but it is it's weird that like what I thought was me just growing up and like learning about the world was actually just I just so happened to be growing up when all of society was all doing this you know (laughs) have the benefit of just being like oh and then I got older and I learned something where people Ryan Reynolds age were like yeah I was almost 30 and (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is kind of funny like how that yeah it seemed to coincide exactly with us like getting older as society seems to have decided to make this like the maturity era it does make me worry about what shit I'm saying now that like with you know like in 15 years where it's just like oh that didn't age well um. <laughs> thank goodness you don't have a good you don't have a big social media presence or a uh recorded history of things that you said that, yeah um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so he's very just a non-entity uh i want to mention two other uh homophobic jokes that are mentioned they're not said by him which are because uh, obviously there are plenty uh but the um first one we got another one of those oh he like when amy smart's complaining to the female like best friend or whatever that she's not that Ryan Reynolds didn't like make a move on her the friend the best friend says maybe he's gay yeah uh, which is you know a recurring theme of this show I guess whenever a guy does not make a move on a woman the immediate assumption is oh he's probably gay I guess yeah. uh and then uh when Ryan Reynolds is trying to pretend to be like a sensitive person and go see the notebook with Amy Smart um and Chris Klein and Julie Haggerty uh long story on that one we don't need we, don't, we can get into that in a second maybe if we want to who's to say um uh, but like the whole point is like the brother is like the movie's so gay you shouldn't see that movie and he goes to the movie and like his mother's crying on a uh, uh amy F- smart's crying and like then he looks in front of him and there's like a gay couple like making out to the movie yeah and I'm, like, i don't think a single gay person in the world likes the notebook <laughs> <laughs> if it's 2005 if you want to have like a i guess this would ruin the entire like universe but if you want to have like a gay movie in 2005 like even though brookback mountain is a drama and like very serious and has a lot of some issues here and there uh at least like have that be your choice for like the movie that people go see even though anna ferris is in that movie so it would have been really funny for him to like look on the screen and see her and be like hmm, she looks familiar uh they should remake uh just friends uh and everything is exactly Exactly the same, except they go see bros. I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> 
um yeah um a lot of discourse has happened in the past week i guess <laughs> things that we talk about yeah i mean i i don't have a strong opinion about bros i haven't seen it i i was i was talking to someone about it and i'm like it's cool that like a rom-com is in theaters again but i'll probably just watch it on streaming which is why they never put rom-coms in theaters so i guess yeah. i'm part of the problem but it just doesn't look that good you know i, I think that's the reason why comedies don't exist anymore in theaters because everyone just sees a comedy go to theaters and go oh cool that'll be on like tbs or on like a streaming service in like five months i don't care i'll just watch it then yeah yeah which sucks but also like i get it you know because i'm also guilty of that Uh, yeah i know but i like i the last i can't think of the last time i saw like a straight up comedy or romantic comedy in a theater like yeah i don't know because everything everything that i've like seen that's like funny is not a com like like everything everywhere all at once is kind of a comedy but it's also like not you know and like that's the closest thing i can think of to the last time i saw a comedy theaters yeah like that or like barbarian for me but like i feel like everything else i've seen is like pretty serious and neither of those are really comedies fully it's either it's either serious or it's like big you know like because i some of those marvel movies are laugh riot to be a comedy um but you know they're like you know they're like event movies not not just like a standalone comedy well even marvel movies i don't go see those in theaters anymore because i come to disney in like four months who cares i weirdly started going to see them in theaters more often than like there was like a period where i just stopped going and then like i think it's just because there was two years where i didn't go to a movie theater and so now i just uh go a lot but yeah so they go to the movie with uh julie haggerty and chris klein we can talk about them real quick julie haggerty plays the overbearing mom who loves her kids kind of vibe she's great she plays this character in like every movie uh no but uh, it works every time for me i love her yeah she's fun like she does a good job like she clearly nails this role archetype and she's great in this she's fun i mean like i didn't think i laughed anything she said per se although the time where she has a phone call like trying to like talk to her friend or whatever like that's kind of funny almost yeah Um, it's, it's more it's more that i'm just happy to see the woman who plays this exact type of mom and everything just like just glad you keep getting work there or got work two decades ago oh yeah still counts she was in marriage story recently oh nice. i only remember that kind of being like oh julie haggerty's in this <laughs> um that's my only memory of marriage story pretty much um i saw it but i feel like i got the gist from all the memes you know yeah like the meme of adam driver punching the wall or whatever yeah yeah and yeah. like some of those some of the clipped like monologues they would do at each other in that movie i was like yeah i don't see this this sounds awful yeah i wouldn't call it worth it <laughs> um, it's fine i don't know it's all right um and uh kind of speaking i guess of people who were like weirdly kind of vaguely big in like the mid 2000s um chris klein is in this movie also is like the competing love interest of amy smart with ryan reynolds he also i feel like is just playing type here where i i feel like he's played this type of character before but i can't quite think of what movie he did it in yeah i mean like he's one of the main guys in the american pie movies which i've never actually seen any of those um, oh yeah he is okay yeah i don't know if he does any i'm sure he does kind of douchey stuff in there yeah. um the only movie of his that i had seen before this i think was american dreams have you seen that movie have we talked this movie before i have not so it's a um weird it's one of those movies that feels like a fever dream looking back on it because it's just so weird but it's like a supposed to be like a satirical approach to like the bush administration but done through like an american idol format um and it like has like hugh grant as like the host of like a uh american idol type show willem dafoe and Marsha gay harden are also in it jennifer coolidge obviously judy greer obviously uh just everyone who was big in like 2006 and like comedy movies but yeah, dennis quaid plays the president 
president. I know, right? Like, that one kind of feels too perfectly cast based on his politics now. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's something. Um, and yeah, this cast is insane. It's an insane cast. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, Coolidge, Mandy Moore, Willem Dafoe, John Cho. A lot of people yeah. who, like, I guess weren't super famous. Seth Meyers is in it. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I feel like I remember some of these. Like, I feel like I remember Seth Meyers being in this because at that time, I think I was just getting into SNL. Um, but, yeah. no, it's a uh, weird movie. And I remember the plot of it almost too well still sort of <laughs> I remember the ending very well specifically um it's a weird um it's let's just say that uh Chris Klein has an insane plot in this movie sort of I can spoil it I guess yeah I am, I'm never going to see this movie so he basically is like a dopey like ex-boyfriend of like uh Mandy Moore sort of so he kind of um like I, it's weird because like he's I guess like he's on the show with her too even though like it's weird that like they have like a couple but like they're not a couple I guess per se I mean they're still they're a couple they're on the, on the show as a couple and like they just kind of do a bunch of random stuff and there's a lot of like stereotypes that come in here with other characters they have like a weird like Middle Eastern like terrorist plot of course because it's 2006 um, and so like it, it uh, culminates in like the one guy trying to be on the show to like blow up the president because the president's gonna be at the finale and like one of the terrorists like auditions for the show and gets on it to like blow up the president at the end and <laughs> yeah so <laughs> then <laughs> at the end like the terrorist decides not to go throw with go through with it i think i don't remember that part too well i think he doesn't go through with it and chris klein instead like finds the bomb um and like I, like basically I, I think he like somehow kills himself with it along with like the host of the show um <laughs> it's like kind of a weird thing where like he gets like really mad at like mandy moore and then he like gets so he gets the bomb and like threatens to kill himself while he's singing the song and then he sings this he sings his whole song and hugh grant is like no we gotta watch we gotta keep the camera on him or whatever so he himself like has a camera on him so he's near him while he's singing the song and then chris klein blows up the bomb at the end and dies and then everyone votes him the winner of the show <laughs> so ridiculous i feel like uh like the going like undercover to in a like a competition show to either do a plot or undo it like that's that's miscongeniality too right like I, there was like uh like to some extent like white chicks is like that like that also was like just like a common plot for a comedy uh, <laughs> yeah in the early mid-2000s definitely uh but yeah chris klein is in this movie as a guy who i wasn't i don't know he's kind of just whatever yeah. he doesn't really do anything that they're saying this movie yeah um like he he tries to pull on like a nice guy act or whatever and then he's like oh actually i want to get revenge on her for like breaking my heart when we were in high school because he's also in he was also in high school with all of them because everyone in this movie went to the same high school the same year and runs yeah. into each other and no one there's no one else many other years of college or high school that exists it's just everyone from that era and then all their parents pretty much yeah <laughs> um which yeah. sure but yeah so he's just whatever um and then the only other character i want to mention is like the ex-boyfriend jock who like reads the love letter at the beginning of ryan reynolds oh yeah um, he's like now like a bald loser who still wears his like high school letterman's jacket yeah so in his high like because like everyone plays himself in the high school um so like, he has like he's in the high school scene also and like he looks so much like matthew perry to me in the high school scene for some reason <laughs> i don't know how to describe it but he looks like matthew perry to me i don't really see it but sure i mean he kind of is like giving off those vibes a little bit i guess but i don't think he looks anything like him. i don't know i just i kind of like i think the aged up version of him it's sort of an insane decision where like everyone's playing like a younger version of themselves in the high school scene and they're all in like young makeup and he's the only one where in the grown-up versions they age they have to age him up like he's clearly wearing like a bald cap oh um, 
yeah. Because, like, Ty Olsen does not look like that in real life. Yeah, and so it's sort of, to me, it's sort of a crazy decision where they took the entire cast and aged them down for the high school scenes and then accept him where they <laughs> aged him up for the other scenes. And it is so noticeable because it's just, like, you can see the line around his head where the bald cap is. Like, it's yes. insane how shitty the costuming is in this movie. Yeah, I, it's, I, I didn't really even think about that, but you're totally right. Like, it's, they really don't even try to hide what he, like, that they're aging him like that. Yeah, like, it's it's almost like it's, like, part of the joke of, like, because there's a clear place where, like, his side brow, like, or his, yeah, his, like, um like his, like, beard and, like, uh what are these things called? The sideburns? Sideburns, thank you. Like, there's a clear, like, line, right, like, on yeah. his temple where there's, like, oh, that's, and then you can follow, trace that line all the way around his head, and it's, like, why, why wouldn't you, like, go, he clearly needed to go to hair and makeup before the scene started like what what the fuck guys i mean they i guess the point is they just were like well he's only gonna be like in like two scenes anyway so there's no yeah. need to have it but okay just look at look at the google image search for this and look at the two images of him in high school and tell me he doesn't look like a little bit like matthew bear like maybe they got the same wig you know what i think he looks more like if he looks like a um 90s slash early 2000s uh matthew he looks more like matthew lillard maybe they got the same haircut he's i feel like matthew i guess matthew lillard sort of has a haircut too yeah or, in certain scenes he does i mean a lot of times he has long hair uh yeah a lot it, of times he's playing shaggy and scooby-doo and scooby-doo to the monsters unleashed yeah <laughs> um but yeah so those are basically all the main characters uh they all kind of suck i guess the okay one other thing i want to mention with like the two friends one of the friends like is driving ryan reynolds to the airport like to like be like well time to go home and then ryan reynolds has an epiphany and decides to swerve back to new jersey or whatever to try and re- re- like win over amy smart and while he's doing that like the other friend like drops a exclamation or whatever so he's like mariah carey and as like kind of like a just like placeholder ex- like exclamation of like shock which felt like it was trying to be 40 year old virgin even that movie just came out like four or five months ago so i can't tell if it's possible they would have stolen that from it or if they just both thought of doing like pop star referenced as scream like thing i i think that it was probably just parallel thinking you know it's just a classic case of uh everyone writing the same shit in hollywood because they're all hacks true <laughs> Um, okay, so I have a couple of random notes about this movie before we yeah, wrap up. I got one more, but I'll go last. Okay. Um, so uh, one of them is, is Good Charlotte still a name drop this at this point in their career? Because <laughs> he named yeah. drop. In 2005? Definitely. You think Good Charlotte in 2005 is a name drop still? I guess they are. When did Lifestyles Rich and Famous come out? I thought it was like 2003. Charlotte. Oh. Yeah, they were they were definitely still like... Uh, I don't know, man. I Just Want to Live came out 10 months before this, and that sing- single was not like... That was like the only big one from this album yeah now but, like, never one. but like okay um the young and the hopeless came out in 2004 the well yeah but like that was on an album that was two years old at that point yeah i guess so like i feel like 2003 is like the era where good charlotte is like the name drop i guess like two years later is not that different yeah music moved slower back then too these people were still incredibly famous i don't i don't think this i don't think you have a leg to stand on this argument i just don't feel it felt very dated to me still but obviously you know well because the movie's dated but no in 2004 they were a name drop i guess uh okay so then also like um all the nut shots in this movie like they had like what five times or someone gets hit in the nuts or whatever or like gets yeah. hit away just constant that it was all it was so dumb like that they spent like so much money on that one scene where like they blow they destroy the entire 
entire like Christmas decorations. Yeah. Like the, ridiculous. The only the only cool shot in this movie is uh, it's actually not a nut shot. It's when he gets hit in the face. But when you you see it from the hockey pucks perspective as it's like flying, I was like, oh, that like I was like, oh, that's kind of like neat. Um, yeah. But also, the, I think there's a nut shot or two in that scene. The whole hockey <laughs> scene makes no sense to me. So I do <laughs> love like I mean, I know it's, I know it's dumb to like enjoy watching Ryan Reynolds beat up kids, but it's kind of just funny just in terms of the idea that then like the coach didn't seem to care about him beating up the kids. He just didn't want him to take like the slap shot at the goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was almost kind of funny. Um, yeah. And so the only funny, the only line I actually laughed at, um, I recorded as soon as I did because I was like, whoa, wait, I laughed there? What the hell? Uh, was when Ryan Reynolds is being like a drunk asshole at the bar at the end with uh, like Chris Klein and uh, Amy Smart there. And then like he gets thrown out of the bar by the security guard and the security guard says, and stay out. And then like Ryan Reynolds kind of like picks himself up and like starts kind of like brushing himself off and the security guard like walking back into like like kind of clearly almost like already out of the take like mutters to himself i've always wanted to say that towards the end of this movie i was um uh extremely high and trying to figure out what i was going to order for dinner um so there was there was a real 20 minutes where i just realized i was like oh my god i've been staring at doordash for 10 minutes and <laughs> <laughs> this movie at all that's probably the best way to watch it yeah <laughs> um and then also uh a lot of a steak sandwich in case anyone was curious yeah steak sandwich okay good pretty good nice that's a fun one um and uh so other thing both simpson sisters get dissed in this movie <laughs> like they have like a scene where anna ferris is like at like a metal club or whatever and like is trying to sing pop songs and then like basically like fuck off ashley simpson or whatever to her kind of thing like dissing her is like ashley simpson and then later on she talks about how she like she wants like a relationship with ryan reynolds like as her record producer the same way that jessica simpson and her father have a relationship but yeah. like not like but they but they want to like actually date or whatever and just Simpson and her father can't do that because she googled it or something which seemed weird yeah I I also um I do remember like growing up where like people were very um like territorial of the uh, music genre they liked and if you were like a metalhead you'd be like oh fuck that bubblegum shit and maybe it's just the types of people I hang out with but I know so many like metalheads who would like like be like yeah I would go to a fucking pop show like who cares I'm not above that um and i wonder if that's just you know like because i hang out with people who aren't assholes or <laughs> just the way music is so different than it was in 2005 if everyone's like well no i've like i've broadened my horizons a lot and i'm not above different genres you know i think it's both yeah um and then okay a couple other random just quick ones i saw in the trivia um the uh that the guy who uh is like the brother who says that like the notebook is gay in real life like two years later was in the movie alpha dog which was directed by nick cassavetes who directed the notebook <laughs> um and also i guess Lance morissette and ryan reynolds were dating at the time and uh they told ryan reynolds they were like saying like oh we, uh, i don't know how true this is because this sounds dumb but they told ryan reynolds like because she was supposed to be in the cameo in this movie and so they told ryan reynolds they're like oh we need like a Lance morissette type to be in this movie and he's like i know just the person <laughs> and then he because uh, he's dating her and then they she put her in the movie but then they apparently cut her scene for some reason oh. um <laughs> so yeah that sucks um and then i guess like the car windows rolled down in like every scene that they're in like a car together which is weird for new jersey in december but apparently that's just because like well they I, imdb theorizes this i don't trust the imdb's like you know uh what's the yeah. what, sunday monday morning quarterbacking on this but they say that the reason why is because uh like the window would cause glare and the audience would then be able to see the camera <laughs> which i mean i guess that makes sense but still like why would you put that put your own two cents in there i guess imdb person um and then one other thing that i thought was really funny is that the 
um the house that um Ryan Reynolds lives in in uh like LA is the same house that is used in Mulholland Drive. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. Um, and like, I, I kind of see it. It kind of reminds me more of like the Bojack Horseman house, sort of. Yeah. But I guess they're both kind of the same type of house. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if the Bojack Horseman house was based off that house, too, you know? Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember the Mulholland Drive house like super well, but I feel like it's not... Like, the way they showed the Bojack Horseman house was kind of different enough. Or the way they showed this house was sort of different enough where I guess they like... You couldn't tell because like the Mulholland Drive focuses heavily on like sort of the back half of the house. Yeah. In the movie. So it's kind of hard to really tell, I guess. I, think, I feel like movies that take place in LA always have like the pool like built into the cliff side with yes. the house. Like I feel like that's a classic like LA movie scene where there's like in like um in like is it Kiss Kiss Bang Bang where the car or is it the nice guys where like the car like oh, drives yeah. down the cliff through the house and like through the pool or something like there's yeah, definitely the porn star like she dies and the car like comes through the house right oh that sounds familiar because yeah I've seen the nice guys i've never seen kiss kiss bang bang yeah but. i think it happens i think it's something similar happens in kiss kiss bang bang they are basically the same movie shock <laughs> a lot of shame a lot of shame black talk this episode yeah uh, there always is <laughs> there always is there always will be um i've always then, recently watched one of his movies <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense for you uh so one last thing uh the last scene they have like three kids talking and they're like oh man i'm so mad that she ended up with ryan reynolds kind of like being like meta on the movie and then like one of the kids gives his cookie to like uh the girl he's interested in and then she gives half the cookie to the boy that she's interested in and he realizes he the main the other kid realizes he's being friend zone so he has like an oh shit kind of thing and like looks at the camera and i was like oh that kind of sucks but also uh pretty little liars do the exact same thing like 10 years later in their show <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i know that but i do even though I never watched an episode of that show, but I lo- I love looking up like what happens in the series finales of TV shows. And I remember like the series finale, Pretty Little Liars, ends pretty much the exact same way the pilot starts of the show, which is so dumb. But yeah. this movie did the exact same thing. Type. Did this movie coin the term friend zone? Like, no, I don't think so. But I'm like, I'm more just thinking out loud. Like, where did where did? Because you don't really hear it anymore. Oh, nowhere it apparently was popularized <laughs> was friends. <laughs> <laughs> Friends invented the term friend zone. That's crazy. And then I guess in 2005, they mentioned like, I guess this movie obviously for friend zoning. So it's possible this movie also helped with it too. I, I honestly assumed, cause like, I feel like I learned it from like, that is so funny that friends coined the term uh, in the seventh episode, the one with wow. the out. Wow. So it, it was like a nineties thing. Um, yeah. Cause I, I, I was going to just say like, I'm like, I'm glad that's not really a, a phrase you hear anymore. Uh, it is sort of a, like, again, it comes back to the point I was making about how this was really the decade of this kind of guy um where it was like every show had like a friend zone episode i feel like um, yeah pretty much um glad they don't anymore uh but yeah do you have anything else you want to say about the movie yeah yeah so i was i mean I, we're i mentioned like up top that i was like wow this movie like does things that like daniel specifically hates and we we've talked about most of them but the one thing i wanted to mention was there's a fucking voiceover that oh, that brings nothing to the table and, and like it's uh, the you hate voiceover in general i hate it when it's introduced late into like i'm like it either needs to be the narrative device you're using all the way through or you don't use it at all i hate it when it shows up where it's like we need we need one scene with voiceover to like explain like i think that that's the most hack like way to use it um and so there's like one scene where there's voiceover so you know what ryan reynolds is thinking um and then it's never used again and it's late in the movie oh my god it pissed me off 
so much. Yeah, it's a scene where he's trying to decide if he wants to make a move on Amy Smart, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like in bed together. Um, and honestly, I thought the movie sort of implies that the problem is that he can't get it up. Uh, but that was, but then like he was just like, no, I wasn't sure if I should or not. And I was like, no, I don't know. I'm really, I really read that scene differently than <laughs> what it was supposed to be happening. I read yeah. it as more hack. <laughs> the, this movie like retcons itself like every five minutes pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, very bad. Um, do we want to move into ratings? Um, and I think I think the obvious one is, are you going to go the distance with this one or are you going to just be friends with it? Yeah, that is obvious. It calls back to uh, what David suggested for our uh, acquaintance uh, series of like what we should call each, which we should rate each acquaintance series of being in the friend zone or going all the distance. But we, it makes sense because this is a like, go in the distance friends crossover. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or going the going to get an acquainted friends crossover. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I will be uh, blocking and reporting on Tinder. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving this one in the friend zone, uh, but only because I feel like if I was like, oh, uh, I actually fucking hate you that the, this movie is a extremely unstable coworker. And so I have to be nice to them. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fair. Um, we also didn't even talk about, I guess, like, Ryan Reynolds has been in the news twice this past week. Oh, yeah. We, the whole reason we wanted to do this was so we could talk about Deadpool. <laughs> but we had a lot to talk about, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we kind of, I mean, I actually like Deadpool 1 enough. Although I feel like if I rewatch it now, I'd be like, I don't know how much I like this still. But I still remember. The joke in Deadpool 1 felt like most of it, like, the, the, the thing with the Deadpool movies is they just throw a lot of shit at the wall and see what sticks so there's enough jokes where the ones that annoy you like a good one's gonna come along yeah. um, but when i watched deadpool i watched it like probably a year or two out of theaters and Ooh. every joke was like immediately dated you know like yeah it was all that. very like epic bacon narwhal reddit shit um and uh the new one it looks like it's gonna be the biggest offender yet uh bringing wolverine back yeah it'll be interesting to see how that goes i guess yeah um i'm not I'm not like a purist where some people are like upset where it's just like Wolverine died and Logan was such a good send off for the character. Why do we keep bringing them back? I don't really give a shit about any of that because I'm still like at the end of the day, it's still a comic book movie. So like no matter how good Logan is, it's still a fucking comic book movie. And in my mind, a lower tier than like actual movies. Uh, <laughs> so I don't care. But I also do like I guess I'm like sympathetic to that take more than like the oh, it's so cool. We're bringing him back thing um because all yeah. the videos of ryan reynolds introducing it has been have been obnoxious yeah they have been pretty obnoxious um and then in the same week tj miller comes out and says that like ryan reynolds says something weird to him on set i'm like uh tj miller you probably say something weird on set to everyone every single day of your entire life and also suck as a human being so yeah tj miller sucks and it's annoying that like he sort of he he gets out of trouble a lot by being like well i have brain damage <laughs> so i can't be held accountable for my actions um uh because the allegation against him has not stuck from like the like sexual assault to like the bullying to, wasn't there like there was another one that was like like armed assault or something i don't know i i allegedly or i'm totally wrong but there there was a third like a third thing he did that was a well he's on a, there's a there's been a few other ones that you're missing but the main one i always think of is when he uh called a bomb threat on amtrak that's what 
I was trying to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bomb threat. Yeah. Uh, saying that like a female passenger had like a bomb in her bag. Um, and also, and like it was a trip from like DC to like New York. I was out. On, I was not on that train, but I was on a train like a week before to like <laughs> DC and New York. Like, cause I was, and like I remember like just seeing that and being like, man, if I like made this trip like one week later, I could have been on TJ Miller's fucking train. Man, a mad that that would have that would have been one of those things where I feel like like if it happened to me, I would bring it up constantly. That would be my that would be my Seth MacFarlane missed his flight and then avoided being in 9-11 stuff. I would just I'd be like constantly just like, oh yeah, I was on the train TJ Miller called a bomb threat on. I would be more of a Mark Wahlberg in that situation. Or I'd be like, if I was on the train that TJ Miller called a bomb threat on, I would have stopped you like, it. You like reveal that you're wearing like like uh like um Amtrak Gold Star member t-shirt and you're just like, I'll handle this. I don't know if there's ranked memberships you can have on Amtrak, but I assume if there is, you're in like the Platinum League or whatever. I don't think there are memberships, but um, I was on a train once with Wolf Blitzer. No big deal. <laughs> it truly <totally> isn't. <laughs> we were in the same car and every like 45 minutes someone would like come up to talk to him kind of thing so it was like clearly just someone like realizing wolf blitzer was on the train and then going up to talk to him and i was like oh, that sounds kind of annoying uh but it was really funny to like, imagine being the type of person who was like oh my god that's wolf blitzer i should go say something <laughs> <laughs> why who cares what do you say um but i love imagining like tj miller like if i was on the same car as tj miller i love imagining like the play-by-play of me being like oh my god TJ Miller's in this car with me and it's like hmm I wonder who he's calling on his phone <laughs> you hear him like kind of like covering his mouth with his hand and being like oh yeah so I would like to report that there's a woman <laughs> like that's me that sounds great like but also he's tj miller so i can't imagine him whispering like him just being like really doing his like loud obnoxious stand-up voice being like uh there's a bum on this train yeah that's most likely what it was oh man oh man <laughs> if only in some alternate universe somewhere uh but yeah uh is there anything you've been watching this week uh yeah actually i've been really getting into the first season of silicon valley no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want like a Try Guys cut on Silicon Valley where they edit out TJ Miller. <laughs> uh, that shit has also been very dumb this week. Uh, the Try yeah. Guys drama. Did you know who they were? Because yes, okay, everyone, everyone is pretending they're like I don't even know who these guys were, and I'm like, you were alive in 2014. You know who these fucking guys are. I didn't realize they were still making videos. I didn't realize that they were still in the biz, but I knew who they were. Come on, like I. So I had like a weird, not I was a weird like thing with them, but like I knew who they were enough just because like I would just see them on like YouTube videos all the time. Yeah. Like, Hi guys, like they, you know, I don't know, they were on like Smosh or whatever and stuff. But like, um, last year, so I listened to Hollywood Handbook, and last year two of the guys from Try Guys were on Hollywood Handbook, and I was like, what was the Try Guys again? I looked up, I was like, oh yeah, okay, no, I know who these people are because I've watched some of these videos randomly here and there or whatever. And I was like, oh Try Guys, but I listened to this episode because I was really behind on Hollywood Handbook, so I listened to this episode like maybe a month and a half ago. So then <laughs> to have Try Guys like take over the news cycle for like a week was very weird. It's very strange. Yeah, it's to me, it's like 
like I feel like people are lying when they say they've never heard of them because I'm like I remember you posting which Disney princess character were you on BuzzFeed quizzes and if that's the case you fucking know like they were in the little side things like they were because they were BuzzFeed back then right they're like their yeah. own thing now I feel like that's how I mostly know them it's just like people who are on the side of every BuzzFeed quiz I saw that's what I'm saying is like the people who are claiming they've never even heard of these people are fucking lying because it's like it's just like no like you took a buzzfeed quiz in 2013 you've heard of these yeah Uh, come on yeah uh as far as what i've been uh watching recently um fuck i had something but now i don't remember what i can go first because i have a bit of a long uh uh correction to a previous episode oh okay (laughs) so last week when i was talking about what i watched i mentioned the movie limbo which i watched uh you know i I, it's like the movie about like uh uh people who are trying to like uh seek asylum in like a, a britain who get like thrown onto this weird like island in scotland and like have to kind of just be like where why the hell am i here and like i it's just a weird you know situation yeah. um and obviously critiquing on like you know modern day like refugees and bad asylum practices and so i watched that movie great movie no nothing to correct about my takes on that movie but i guess one thing to add that i think i'm i don't know why i forgot to mention this because this is like in uh, because well okay so the movie like the part of the joke is that they have to like watch like you know really old like tv shows or movies or whatever because like they don't have anything new on this like island so the entire movie they're just watching episodes of friends I don't know why I forgot to mention that because that's like a massive crux of the movie. Like they have like funny scenes where they're talking about like the characters from Friends and like their whole deals and like arguing about like the who they were on a break thing and stuff. And it's very like because the movie like has some very serious moments and like it's also very funny in some points too. And like a lot of the funny parts of it come from like you know just people arguing about Friends like thirty years too late sort of because that's kind of funny. For for as far as I'm concerned, that's a close enough connection where we should watch this movie for the podcast. So that's why I wanted to bring up because I feel like we should do that. Uh, yeah. and talk about it because uh, yeah. I. As soon as I watched this movie, because I had no idea Friends was in the movie at all, and I watched it, I was like, "Oh my god, wait! Friends is heavily in this movie. We should definitely watch it for the podcast." Uh, so yeah, that can that that definitely should be on on the dock at some point because uh, yeah. it's a movie. I liked it a lot, but yeah. So, but uh, in terms of what I've been watching this week, though, I started that uh, Steve Carell, Dom Hall Gleason show on Hulu. Oh, is that good? The Patient? Yeah, I like. I'm not convinced it's good yet. If that makes sense, I'm not all the way through it. Yeah. Like, I because like it's basically just them both acting at each other sort of the whole time. Like, there's some tense stuff in there, but it's a half half hour show so it clearly is trying to go like the one new layer gets peeled every week type vibe because yeah. they're like a half hour drama but like yeah. that makes it more like fast paced but that just basically makes it more like you know not much happens per week but I'm in I'm intrigued so far like I'm still sticking around to it because the plot's interesting enough to me where I am definitely like around to see what happens I think yeah I don't know Steve Steve Carell is like an interesting guy to me because like I'm so uninterested in his turn for dramatic but also his t- his brand of comedy is such like time and place specific that I don't think that like a you know like a Michael Scott type performance would be a comedy I would want to watch in 2022 oh. you know or like a Brick what, Brick Tamlin in yeah or like like it's just like I don't I, I feel like I'm just like what the fuck are you supposed to do with this guy you know like because it's like who gives a shit uh, so I turning to drama makes sense for a career move but I'm just like so uninterested in anything done like I'm not about to like ooh 
Ooh, you want to watch Foxcatcher? <laughs> yeah, that's a very forgotten movie for sure. But have you seen The Way Way Back? No, I haven't. Uh, that's a movie that uh, was directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash and written by them. You know, like, oh, okay. and uh, it's about like a kid who um, goes on summer vacation with like his mom and his and her new boyfriend to like Massachusetts and like has to try and like fit in and like or not fit in, but he has to like he's dealing with like the new boyfriend is an asshole played by Steve Carell who like sucks. Um, and like he bonds with Sam, Sam Rockwell who's like the like like some guy who works at like a water park nearby. And Sam Rockwell is really funny in the movie. It's a very good movie. I think it's very good. But that's my favorite. Steve, that's probably my favorite Steve Carell performance. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Nice. Uh, man, I don't. I really truly have not been watching like anything good recently. I've watched like the I watched like the new season of Archer, and it's just like a true like oh I'm just in like I'm just invested in seeing this movie like show all the way through at this point the new season is bad and like they shouldn't have kept making it um after jessica walter died because like she's like the crux of that show um but by watching old archer shows i was like man this is not good and i went and watched a bunch of old home videos clips uh one of hion benjamin's like earlier roles yeah Uh, so i guess my my recommendation is to go on tiktok and watch coach uh, coach mcgurk monologues <laughs> which are fucking great they're all very funny i i love that he's played this same character uh three times um and the only difference is just like how much of a drinking problem they have and how <laughs> great they are <laughs> pretty much no that, that's a good show that's one of my favorite like adult swim shows when i was like oh yeah, yeah was it adult swim i thought it was just like i guess it had to have been because it- i think we discussed this maybe before because i feel like it was on like a different network at first and then it switched over to adult swim yeah we've definitely had we we only talk about like eight shows really <laughs> yeah um but- yeah well that's that's it for our discussion on just friends uh Uh, thanks for listening tune in next week and i'll see you soon daniel with friends like you who needs friends